You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Friday and welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and in just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Drake and Michael Alford, the CEO of the Florida State Boosters, for part two of our interview with him. If you haven't listened to part one, go ahead and hit pause, head on back over to yesterday's episode, listen to part one, and then come on right back. If you have listened to part one, well, you're in luck, because now you get part two, and it's just as incredible. So without further ado, Max, Drake, Mr. Alford, over to you. Okay, so then... I would like to actually about ask that more about the communication you have specifically with Coach Norvell. What exactly is the dynamic that you know he brings to the table, assisting you and you assisting him when it comes to seminal boosters as a whole? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, I could tell you who, and I said this yesterday. I was on an interview and was getting questioned by Coach Norvell, and I said, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of a young Pete Carroll. Uh, oh, I like that comparison, actually. That, that is exactly who he reminds me of. And I've been fortunate. I've been very lucky in my career, not the NFL, but the Bruce Coslitz and the Dick LeBowles and the Mike Tomlins that I've worked side by side with. Um, but also, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have been there with Mal Moore when we hired Nick Saban, to work with Coach Tubes, to be there when we hired Coach Carroll, and to go through those processes. And he reminds me of a young Pete Carroll and the energy that he brings, the core values he puts into a program, how he truly cares about the holistic man. Uh, he wants them to be successful in the field, but he's more important to him is make sure they get that degree and they leave and they contribute to their communities. They're good fathers. They're good husbands. That's the most important thing. The core values he, he talks about to, to this team on a daily basis. Uh, if you, put in the right core values winning takes care of itself down the road and he's he's really passionate about that but the energy level he brings in a conversation to the team and the values he's put when you put him in now think about it guys he has not been able to sit in a home with a family yet since he's been at fsu mm-hmm. that's not at a home, a home visit when he's sitting on that couch and, uh, and being able to see his processes, I'll tell you how excited we are uh, to have him. He's definitely the right guy to be leading this program through this, issue, through this time right now. That's very, very exciting about that because I do see – you can see from the press conference from the first time we saw him, he's a very charismatic individual. And also not only that, he can see that he cares about the work you put in, but he cares about each and every single individual player specifically, which you know is wonderful. And say he's a young Pete Carroll – I mean, me and Max can remember exactly what happened <laughs> with young Pete Carroll at USC. So trust me, if that's the uh, the end game right there, I am all on board with that. But following up with that, then I'm going to ask you one more personal question. Um, so with this job, what do you think is the more challenging aspect? Since you are taking over Andy Miller, who has been there for 40 years, he built the foundation for Seminole Boosters. He's a known name across the, the entire college football landscape. What do you think is more difficult aspect of your job? Is it maintaining the relationship and building the trust with the longtime boosters, or do you believe it's bringing in a new crop of alumni to actually become seminal boosters for the rest of the time? Uh, that's a great question, and, and you're not going to like the answer, but it's really both. Uh, because, I knew you were going to say that you know, too. 
<laughs> replacing Andy, you know, somebody once asked me, uh, Dennis Dodd, a, a national writer, when I took this job and called me and go, Michael, why are you taking that job? I go, well, Dennis, it comes open once every 45 years. It's a pretty special <laughs> job. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to hold the hat for another 45 years, but you know, it's, it's such a unique opportunity to come in to, to this organization and to put your, use your experiences and put your twist on it. Andy's done did such a marvelous job. And like I said earlier, I get to take that torch and moving on, but it is about communicating the, the vision. Cause when I first got here, I, I look at our numbers, I'm very analytical and uh, I started looking at our past and our history. And at one time, not too long ago, guys, we were over 16,000 boosters uh, wow. to our organization. And we had dropped it down from when I got here. It was like 9,400, 9,300. And that, that's a big drop yeah. in membership. And that correlates to $6 million annually that we're not the funding that we're not able to provide the athletic department. And really, like I said, the annual fund goes to support the 550 plus student athletes that we have on campus and give them the resources to be successful. So uh, my first drive in, through the One Tribe campaign and my, our staff's doing just a marvelous job of getting out and sharing that vision that we need to get our numbers back up. Uh, because it does help us provide those annual resources to those student athletes. So it is going out and sharing that vision uh, with our current donors. And it's amazing numbers to see we're, not, we're over 55% to our goal, but we're 76% to the monetary goal. So that goes to tell me that not only people are renewing, they're renewing right now at a higher level. Uh, they believe in our vision and, and they're sending in their renewals, but increasing their donations to us so they're hearing they know they can make a difference and we're not tying it to all the time to tickets it's always going to get tied to tickets and tickets priority right. you don't kid yourself but it's more important to go out and share the student athlete stories i talked to a gentleman in iowa who joined who who had not been a booster member and he goes michael one nobody's ever called me too um, i love the vision and the message that you're talking about and i want to make a difference in student athletes lives or in students lives I'm never going to attend the game. I don't need the tickets. I'm not buying season tickets, but I do want to feel like my contributions now are making a difference. And he stepped up and joined the booster. So it's, it's really twofold. It's, it's getting out and sharing that vision to current members so they understand where their monetary contributions are going and what they're going to support. But it's also going to new alumni or even new fan, fans in the market that maybe didn't attend FSU, but have grown up to be great Seminole fans and letting them know that their their donations and their membership makes a difference. And that's the message that we're getting out and sharing right now. Yeah, and that's an important point, folks. You know, you don't have to have gone to Florida State to be a great booster. In fact, my uh, my stepfather is a proud alumni of uh, of Georgia Tech, and he's also a silver chief because we, well, we trapped him in Tallahassee for 15 years, and after enough <laughs> garnet and gold, he finally, finally converted. People, it's no secret the weekend's coming up, and that means there are a lot of sports to watch. We got baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, pretty much whatever you're into, except for college football. So if you want to put your money where your mouth is and, uh, you know, see if you can earn a little bit of cash with all that sports knowledge spinning around in your head, then go on over to betonline.ag. It's a great site. It's easy to use. And if you use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, 
They'll even match your first deposit with a 50% welcome bonus. So head on over to betonline.ag and tell them Locked On Seminoles sent you. The You know, Mr. Alford, our listeners have heard me give this speech dozens of times. I want to give you like 30 seconds to, to make my sales pitch for me of, you know, why is it so important to have people join the boosters, even if it's at the lowest level, even if they're not writing a $10,000 check, maybe it's only at that $100 a year level. Why is it so important just to bolster the number of boosters? Uh, it's important because those resources go to support student athletes. It allows us to provide not only winning edge resources. When I talk about that, it's nutritional needs. It's life skills programs that we've had to cut because of the lack of membership and the lack of operational funds that we're able to transfer and install. So it's life skill programs that allows us to bring in speakers and, and provide leadership opportunities to these young men and women so that they not only are they getting a great degree here, uh, but they're getting the experiences else, elsewhere outside of the classroom. Uh, that we're able to provide them. So when they do graduate, they're that much more prepared. They, you know, playing division one sports is going to teach you life lessons. They're going to learn life lessons on the field, or in their sport, on court, whatever sport they have. But with the, by joining the annual fund, it allows us to really do the extra, do the other things that provides them these leadership opportunities. So when they graduate, they're that much prepared to go and make a difference in their communities and make a difference in their family households. Not only are those kids getting the field and those experiences, but it allows us to go make a difference uh, outside that classroom experience and provide resources for them so they can be successful later in life. Yeah. And I love that you relate it there. So folks, that's, that's where we're going to pivot my, my sales pitch to is look, I think people get intimidated by, well, oh, we need 10, $20 million to, uh, you know, to, to build this, this next leg of the football only facility. But I love relating it to what you can do for the student athlete. If you're given a hundred bucks a year, 200 bucks a year, well, your donation may be funding the one speaker that for whatever reason changes that kid's outlook on how he can make a difference in, in his family's life or his community's life. So, and I, not only that, it'll definitely help them, you know, succeed better in the classroom, give them the resources to actually pursue that degree in the field that they want to do and not only help their, them their situation currently, but help them help their future family and their family as well over time. So it's very, very important that you understand where your money is going. Cause it's not only for sports and athletics, but it does go to the entire um, team as a whole specifically. Yeah. And so folks, if you're not, if you're not there yet, please sign up for the boosters, uh, get in there, give whatever you can. We'd love to have tons and tons of money, but if you're like us, just get at the lowest level, become a booster. It matters. And it's a huge help. Uh, it's a huge help to the programs. It's a huge help to the school, but most importantly, it's a huge help to the lives of these student athletes. And then I've seen, I've seen the money firsthand. I used to work over at Hopkins doing compliance work. I've seen the money actually help, you know, these kids give the, uh, it gives them the resources to succeed, not only, you know, on the field, but also in the classroom. Like to me, I handle majority the, um, the academic side of the uh, lacrosse team. Right. So to me, that's like a very, right. very important thing personally to me. And it's very nice to know that your money doesn't only go to the football team. It goes to the entire school, the, university, the athletics department as a whole and helps them succeed, not only in college, but also for them in the future. So. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I know what a difference been. I was fortunate once again. I know what a difference those resources made in me, for me, when I went through. Uh, my wife knows, been a Division One athlete, and Division One coach, and I see it firsthand in my two daughters uh, of going through and the resources they were able to have and how it's really shaped their lives, shaped their philosophy in life. 
uh, to go on to be successful uh, outside of school. Um, so I, you know, I, I witness it and see it every day. And that's, that's what's compelling to me. Now, Mr. Alford, before we let you get out of here, we do have to ask some personal questions because we like to, we just like to do this. If that's all right with you. <laughs> that's fine. All right. So Friday night's coming up. You don't have to be on the road. You've had an amazing week of fundraising. They say you can have Friday night off. So you obviously decide to do a date night with your wife, but she says you have to cook. What are you going to make for her? Well, I did go to high school. I grew up, I went to high school in Lafayette, Louisiana, and I make a meat gumbo. Oh, that's oh awesome. that sounds so good. <laughs> a really, really mean gumbo. Uh, that is. You can't get it in a restaurant. So uh, when it comes to that time, I'm either on the green egg, uh, extra large green egg, grilling uh, great steaks or pork chops, but also if it comes my go-to, we do gumbo. I can tell you this. I, I made it at some fundraisers, and the last fundraiser I was at, uh, someone paid $3,500 for a pot of gumbo. <laughs> so, That's good gumbo. <laughs> well, good I'm, gumbo. I'm down in the Tampa area now, so if you do another one of those gumbo fundraisers, please let me know. Yeah, I'll fly down and make sure that. to eat Trust me, gumbo is probably one of my favorite meals to eat just ever, hands down. <laughs> yeah. so, chicken and salsa gumbo is pretty strong. Oh, okay. that's awesome. So then I got to ask, you played baseball in college. What is your most memorable moment from playing college baseball? Oh, I don't know if you really want to know this. Uh, so coming out of high school, I was a baseball football guy. I had Division One offers in both. And uh, my dad was a college football coach, of course. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm debating what I want to do. And that was back when you actually didn't commit to your senior and you took your five visits and all that kind of stuff. But so I'm coming out and I decided uh, I wanted to play both in college. My dad said, no, you're just going to play baseball. <laughs> you're not going to play in the NFL. You're a better baseball player. Uh, go play. So I had a, you know, Mississippi State, I said, all right, I'm not going to play football at Mississippi State. I'm just going to concentrate on baseball. Uh, but Eleven and I talk about this. And little known fact, too, I grew up the biggest and still am FSU baseball fan in the world my whole life. So I grew up in Memphis. My dad was at Memphis State at the time. And that was the old Metro Conference days, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or Florida State would come in and play the Tigers at Tim McCarver Stadium with the Memphis Chicks play because the fans, the, the crowd was so large they couldn't play it at where their home field. They had to go to the minor league park. And I would never miss the Florida State series because they were the king of kings in college baseball. And I'll never forget sitting there watching them one time. My dad tapped me and goes, see those guys? They fly to games. They don't bus. <laughs> and I was like, I want to play, play there. And so I grew up the biggest Richie Lewis fan and watching when they got beat uh, in, by Arizona in the College World Series for the championship broke my heart. And I tease 11, when I came out of school, we didn't have cell phones or the internet, right? I'm old. Uh, so you just kind of go with who recruits you. I always tease 11. I go, well, if you just would have called, I would have came in a heartbeat. <laughs> Oh, but man. it, it came funny. down between LSU and Mississippi State because I was coming out of high school in Lafayette, Louisiana, and uh, went to Mississippi State. And 1990, the Knowles were playing in our region. And to go to Omaha, we're playing. And Burke Masters, who's now the team chaplain for the Chicago Cubs, uh, a priest in Chicago, 
hits a walk-off grand slam to send us to Omaha over Florida State. And wow. Levitt still talks about that going, he's like, man, Burke Masters. <laughs> now that's what you call a blessing right there. That's right. So being on that team and uh, winning the regional, sending us to Omaha, that not not having done that, not hitting the, the Grand Slam, but just being a part of it was the most memorable moment in, in my baseball career. Just the I, excitement of duty, no walk off Grand Slam, go to Omaha. It's just a, a very special moment. Oh, man, I got to tell you, this interviewing is making me hungry. I, uh, I get a little famished when I'm asking such an esteemed figure like Mr. Alford, all these questions and, and having such an in-depth conversation takes a lot of brain power and, you know, it, it's uplifting. It gets you excited, which also ironically makes me hungry. So I think I'm going to have to head on over and grab a built Bar. Uh, if y'all are hungry or you need a snack after your workout, before your workout, really any time that you need 17 grams of protein with only five carbs and five grams of sugar, grab a built Bar. Tastes like candy. It fuels you up like a protein bar. It's the perfect hybrid of the two that we've all been searching for our entire lives. Uh, they got 18 flavors. My personal favorite, if I could point you in the right direction, uh, I'm a huge carrot cake fan. I'm also a massive fan of the peanut butter brownie. Uh, I could go for cookies and cream. That's my number three. But I think today I'm going to grab, uh, probably going to go peanut butter brownie. So I recommend y'all do the same. Head on over to builtbar.com. And use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order of Bilt Bars. That's fantastic. That's, that's great, especially given the, his, the history of players that went through Mississippi State, like Will Clark and Walter Palmer. I'm a, baseball's yes. my first love, so like seeing like those kind of names and you being on the, with that program is really, really cool to me. So then... And before your last question, let me, sorry, if you don't mind, let me call out since the timeliness of this interview, Florida State, uh, while we've been a little critical this year, uh, the bats did get hot and we did just absolutely embarrass number five, Florida. So just want to call that out. What a great win. What a great game. I was was texting with with Coach afterwards and congratulating him. You know, and really the notice I get, you know, my lameness brain sitting in the stands and evaluating what evaluating what we're doing we got way more aggressive at the plate and you saw us attacking first pitch fastballs and getting ahead of counts instead of getting behind in counts taking pitches mm-hmm. to get out behind in counts the bats really came out and they they seemed to get more aggressive and looking for looking or looking to make a difference early in the in the counts and mm-hmm. that really stood out to me and that's that's a coach Polk philosophy who I played for uh that's Mississippi State ball you know, you, at some point you got to throw me a fastball. When you do, we're gonna we're gonna turn on it. You got you got uh, you to pounce so, on it because basically, when you need to be yeah. aggressive at the plate, because like as a hitter, like you need to be. I played catcher and third base, so mainly catcher. Yes, you need to dictate the count from the beginning because if you're if you're down one and two, I'm gonna just I'm gonna tell my guy throw me a bunch of junk because I'm gonna that, that oh. bat now is mine. Like I like now I'm gonna yeah. dictate I'm gonna dictate your future. You get to go from to a two strike approach, which no one likes to do, just to make contact. So like that's how that's how it happens, but it takes your aggressiveness out. You become mm-hmm. defensive. Uh, yep. Now you're just trying to put it in play, try to get a good swing on it. Um, more early in the count, you can really get aggressive and look for your pitch and attack it. And exactly. I thought that really they were making a difference. 
they, they got way more aggressive the other night, early in the couch. You look at some of the home runs that we hit, they were all, some of the doubles, they were all early, early accounts. When they pulled that pitcher, his pitch count wasn't that high at Florida. Mm-hmm. It's just we were attacking the ball early in those accounts and, and really putting good wood on it. I mean, that's, I mean, you go from acting to reacting when you play defensive at the plate. And that's just one thing my dad taught me at a very, very young age. But then my last question, right. I think the last question for today is, um, uh, as you know, I've been saying all interview that uh, my goal is eventually basically to be where you're sitting right now. I've taken jobs with the UFC, you know, corporate law. I've been in law school up here. I worked in compliance for Johns Hopkins and a few friends of mine that, you know, are trying to break into the industry that listen to this podcast. So then my question for you is, what is your advice for someone that's trying to break into the sports industry, whether it be, you know, on the professional side or the collegiate side, like um, what advice do you have for them to follow a similar uh, tra- trajectory to get to where you are now? You know, one thing that, that I really try to do, I'm a son of two educators. Uh, both have their master's degree in education. So I'm fortunate to have those expectations in my family. And I, I think my parents all the time, but um, I constantly, when I was in the NFL, I could have stayed there. Uh, the Jones family, as I mentioned earlier, was extremely nice to me. We loved living in South Lake, Texas, uh, the school, my kid, everything was good, but something was missing. And it was the day-to-day to ability to, to, to try to make a difference in someone's life. I was not waking up in the morning making a difference in Jason Witten's life. It just wasn't happening. Uh, yeah. So going back to getting back into college athletics, but more importantly, getting back on a college campus. And speaking to interns, I, I have probably speak to two to three students in our sports management program uh, a week. And when they call me and want to sit down and ask the same question you just asked, I make sure I make time for them because it's about this thing. It's that important. And that's what we're, we're on that college campus to do is support education mission. But it's always about looking for opportunities. I had a young man the other day that reached out to me. We sat down for about 30 minutes and it's, it's a hard business. You know, people want to get it. think it's fun to work in sports, but they, they forget that it's not an eight to five job and it is truly a business. It's a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to take risks. You have to look for opportunities that fit you. You have to get mentors and stay in contact with those mentors and once you get your foot in the door, or once you get that opportunity, take advantage of it and, and work. And I'll work people. That's, that's just been my style is I'm going to outwork it. And, but always take an opportunity no matter where it is, because it is a tough industry to break into. So I don't care if it's at the University of Wyoming and you're in Florida. You're like, I don't know, Wyoming. It's an entry-level job. Take it. I'm not saying you're going to retire but take it, get, go there, get the experience that's needed, and then you'll be placed and do a good job. Somebody will find you, and you'll get other opportunities. And uh, constantly preach just to look for opportunities that you're, you can use your skill set to go make a difference. And, yeah, I mean, that's basically what I've been telling them. You know, my kids that, you know, I, since I've recently have graduated, I moved across the country for an opportunity, what, just two years ago, separated from friends and family for some people to be somewhere where I don't have any friends or family, but that's like some of the sacrifices you have to make. And it is very hard. It's very hard to break into the industry. And it's really nice to, you know, you echo that sort of sentiment because it is very important that people understand that it is a nine to five job. It's a job that basically takes up your entire week. You are working, you know, odd hours in the night into the early hours in the morning. 
And it is something that, you know, you love to do, but at the end of the day, it is a business and people need to understand that that comes first. Yeah. I think, look, I love that what we covered today. And I think that sitting down with the CEO, the Seminole boosters, you know, you'd expect to talk donations, 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 fundraising. Hey, let's win on the field, get more money. But this has been so much more than that. I mean, Mr. Alford, we absolutely love your perspective on putting the student athlete first, you know, making a difference in kids' lives so they can make a difference in other people's lives and just how rewarding that can be. So, you know, I'm completely sold. I think you're going to be phenomenal for this program. I think you're going to be phenomenal for this institution. And I'm excited to see how all of us can grow together. On a personal note, we'll be, you know, live and in person for the spring game. So I hope we can see you in person for a moment there and shake your hand. Um, and it was just phenomenal sitting down with you. So thank you again for taking the time and thank you for all that you're starting to do for this program. And we can't wait to see the success that you bring to the role. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Please, if you can, don't forget to rate, review, like, share, follow, and subscribe either on our podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. From Max and Dave, I'm Drake. Thank you all so much for the love and support, and we'll see you next week on Locked on Seminoles.